Welcome back to another edition of It's Raining Mets. Meteorologist Ed Russo here. And meteorologist Tom Russell here. Hello, my friend. Hello. How are you doing? We're doing well, and it's nice to have uh, folks listening and checking in as we uh, take a little deeper dive uh, away from the just everyday kind of forecast, which we love, but we like to dig a little deeper as well. Uh, and here we are at uh, basically uh, the midpoint or maybe toward the tail end of winter. How would you describe it? I would, Yeah, I'd basically say it's um, – I would basically say it's the middle. Dead center, February 1st, Groundhog Day, right. which is yeah. now – uh, which, by the way, a lot of people were confused about Milltown Mel from New Jersey. Oh, right, right. The guy that, that was the groundhog that died the day before. Right. So there was, you know, I was, I'm thinking to myself, like, why are so many people confused? Because guess what? A lot of the headlines made it sound like, you know, people are headline readers. They read the headline. They don't read the story. Sorry, I'm going sure. on a rant here. Um, but <laughs> everybody was like, because I posted something about, Punxsutawney Phil and everyone's like he's dead I'm like no he's not (laughs) well it said groundhog dead I think is what the you know the reports were but they should have I feel like that there should have been more clarification in the headline because that got a lot of people confused they thought it was Punxsutawney Phil from you know Pennsylvania (laughs) well I'll let you on a little secret Ed Oh, what's the Puxatani Phil that we that we listened to in two, in twenty twenty two, not yeah. the same one they listened to in nineteen sixty two, for example. Well, they so they, they do I, pass I, away. I, see, I I thought other groundhogs <laughs> did. I didn't think Punxsutawney Phil did. <laughs> I'm sorry to hurt you, but <laughs> you know what it is? What? It's the stress of the business. It's the stress of you know the having cameras a forecast and... that everybody's listening to. You know, think about that next time you see a meteorologist. It's a stressful business. <laughs> it is. We're under the the scrutiny all the time, right? And what a way to go out the day before. But you know what? Right. You know, he was a Milltown Mel is a very respected groundhog meteorologist. Oh, is he New Jersey or New York? Where is he? New Jersey. New Jersey. And he's a pioneer in the field. Well, so, I don't know. Puxatani is really the pioneer. Yeah, so. yeah well, you know, he's, I, don't know. I, I, mean, I think he's the unsung hero in some ways. <laughs> well, a lot of people don't know that there are groundhogs all over the country. When I lived in the South, a big one was Beauregard Lee, who was, uh, came out of Atlanta. So there's different groundhogs in different regions. But, you know, Puxatani Phil is the most famous. Second, uh, you know, there's Gus, who's the second most famous groundhog in Puxatani. Yes, right, right. So there's yeah. a little... Groundhog trivia there for you. Punxsutawney still alive and well, already working on the forecast for next year. Yep, yep. Uh, so playing off of that, uh, you know, you and I talked about this uh, with our winter weather preview that we did think that, that winter was going to be stretched out. So not a surprise that Phil says six more weeks of winter. But you and I think even it could drag on well into to March, like in a just a prolonged kind of winter feel. Do you still agree with them? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it seems everything seems to be pretty much on track as we expected. You know, colder, snowier with mixed stuff in January. Uh, obviously not as cold now into February, which we're hinting at would be a little milder. And I don't think we're going right. to see the, the degree of cold in February that we saw in January. But still an active pattern and still more opportunities for systems to come through. Mixed 
precipitation events seems to be the most right. likely. Right. Uh, you know, this is uh, the same exact notes that I was writing down here. It's still going to be active, uh, but what you see in February is a lot more ups and downs. You know, we're kind of socked in with the cold through that second half of January, and it was really cold. It was uh, 2.7 degrees below average, almost 3 degrees below average. So uh, coldest January we've had in a while, especially coming off that really mild December. But uh, as we look ahead and just in the near term, next week we're going to be in the 40s. But we forget that, you know, 40, what, 41 now is going to be our average high. So um, it's, it's not that unusual. So we'll be a little mild next week. Uh, as you mentioned, a, a kind of an active pattern, meaning we could still see plenty of those uh, mixed storms. But I think February is just going to be full with these ups and downs where one day you're at 50 degrees and the next day you're only at 40, you know. Yeah, so no, no consistency. And obviously that temperature contrast gives us kind of a um, – you know, an active pattern when you deal with drastic temperature changes like this. Yeah, and you mentioned snow. Snowfall hours are, are really frustrating because you, you you go to the beach and get 14 inches of snow in places like Lewis, Delaware, and, <laughs> and along the beach, and then uh, Central PA gets a big nothing. Yeah, we, we have really been in a snow hole here in Central PA, and I looked this up. Atlantic City, New Jersey has, is officially three times as snowy to date than Harrisburg. Three times. They have up to 33 inches of snow so wow. far. And they've wow. had two decent storms, one big one in December and then one re one recently. And the one last one, we were just too far west. Yeah, um, yeah. So, it's totally missed out. Yeah, so for Central PA, uh, this has been a tough – for snow lovers, it's been a pretty well, tough season. Well, I, I do offer a word of caution because we've uh, – officially for January, we came in at uh, – nine and a half inches and then for the season i think we're like ten and a half inches so we're we're not without snow no we're not without Remember? snow but you yeah. know when compared like there's been so many spots nearby that have gotten a yeah. lot more so That's it's, true. it's that rubbed in your face kind of thing that you know, <laughs> can make it worse for right. snow lovers <laughs> So uh, you and I often talk about the fact that, you know, March can sometimes bring us bigger snowfalls as the as the whole weather transitions a little bit. How do you feel about a possible big snowfall uh, in the next month or so? Yeah, even I think March? it's very possible. And keep in mind, like, during the month. You do? Really? I, well, no, I think we could get a decent snow event in March. In March. Well, well, what's decent? What's decent? I would say a plowable snow, you know, three to six inches. Yeah. Okay, I was thinking, you know, in my mind, when I say a big one, I mean, I want, uh, you know, a foot of snow. I don't see that happening. No, I, I don't see that happening either. But, you know, I, I know we talk about, you know, mixed precipitation events, which uh, it doesn't, you can have an all snow event in March, even though we're at that seasonal transition, because the ocean is at its coldest. Sure, so, sure. So, so we can still get all snow events into March. Um, mm -hmm. And there's certainly... You know, I would say March, you're more likely to have an all-snow event than in December when the water is still oh, I agree. somewhat relatively warm. So, you know, that's kind of what I'm hinting at. I, you know, I, I still think it's like what we were saying, mostly mixed events from here on out. But if, if mm -hmm. we are still going to get a, an all-snow event, I could see it happening, well, in February, but certainly March, too, because the ocean, again, is at its coldest. So that's kind of the point right. I was getting at. Well, and, you know, a lot of those storms can be very robust. There's, like you said, there's a lot of moisture to work with, and uh, there's still plenty of cold. So if you're a snow lover, I would say keep your fingers crossed. Yeah, keep your fingers point. crossed. And, of course, with the milder weather, with the recent stretch of cold, um, you know, we've gotten a lot of ice buildup on the Susquehanna. 
Well, I wanted to bring that up and pick your brain a little bit because I know you uh, are doing a story on that. So uh, as we record this, we've had plenty of cold over the last couple of weeks. And to me, it's pretty amazing because the river will go from no ice to full ice in, in about two or three days if, if it's cold enough. And certainly parts of January were. So what people forget about, as beautiful as it is, the ice is just sitting on top. That river that you know and love is still moving underneath. So uh, that's, a, that's a concern when we get some heavy rain or we start to melt up a little bit. So what did you learn today or, uh, well, I with learned your story? That, you know, uh, I learned that, you know, it doesn't sound – it sounds weird, but uh, cicadas are very, very closely related. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm, not, I'm not even going to continue this joke. I'm just going to move on. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I was actually saw Stacy Hanrahan today because uh, she, she you know, bring up the bugs. Or? Yeah, she's with SRBC, uh, uh, the Susquehanna River Basin Commission. Of course, you know she brought she brought up the cicadas again. I got made fun of a little bit, you know. That's, oh my gosh, yeah. that's all you're known for. These yeah, that's days. all I'm known for. So, yeah, <laughs> no, I know. Okay, it has nothing to do with that. But but yeah, it, it comes up quite like the the ice. It, it goes full fledged ice sheet and very quick amount of time i mean two weeks ago we've seen most of the build-up in the last two weeks okay yeah it definitely feels that way uh but what happens as we transition here yeah we got some rain we warmed up but we go back to some cold so is there a magical temperature where it kind of moves or disappears or is it just the, you know obviously we want a gradual warm-up we don't want a, a drastic warm-up but you know can it still exist as we break into the 40s or is it pretty much Done oh, yeah, it. yeah. You know, obviously we want the gradual warm-up and, and the wind, which will help get rid of it with milder right. temperatures. But really the worst-case scenario is temperatures in the 40s, especially the 50s in rain, because you'll get runoff into the Susquehanna, which causes a river rise, which causes the ice to move. It's the ice movement that's the problem. Um, e even a, even just a slight rise in the river could dislodge a lot of the ice. So if the, if the river was completely liquid, like it mm -hmm. normally is, a river rise up to over seven feet in Harrisburg isn't a big deal. I mean, that's still below action stage. But when you have a rise, a three-foot rise, while it's covered with ice, that's when you could get into the uh, ice jamming because the rise causes the ice to move, and the ice jamming is what can exacerbate flooding. And it can be very localized depending on where the ice jam is. Right, right. And we have so many bridges there, you know, five different bridges in uh, in the Harrisburg area that can really cause some issues. And, uh, you know, we've seen that happen over the past. And then once it does jam up, it's bad news. Right, right. And, and you know, once the ice starts moving, it does cause some mixing of, you know, so the water below the ice is warmer than the water at the surface because it's frozen. So once you start moving the ice you get some mixing going on that can also help melt it, but moving ice always is problematic in the sense that we get those ice jams to develop that causes the backwater to build up and right. and a surge in, in uh, water levels. And the water level at the beginning is key too because we have so many of those, uh, you know, if, if we've been dry or the river's low, we have all these uh islands out there that it doesn't take much for ice to catch and then ice builds on ice and you know i experienced that firsthand a couple of years ago on, on city island you have these ice chunks that are eight ten inches thick and they're like big sheets and they're so heavy there's so much weight with them that once they start moving you ain't stopping them it's no, incredible you're, no you're not and, and and sometimes you get these ice shoves i think they're called ice shoves where mm -hmm. they the ice just starts moving on shore 
Yep, I, that's what I experienced. Yeah, so you a had it on ago. a live shot a number of years ago. Yeah. yeah, it was incredible. And when you feel yeah. that force and, and see it in person, you, you just have a whole new respect. You know, because water's one thing. You have a lot of respect for moving water. But when you see ice moving, <laughs> just get out. I mean, it's impressive. And, and the other thing about that, uh, when you're around ice, is you hear that sound, that creaking, that cracking, that um, is very intimidating. Sounds like an earthquake. That's or what I've heard. And yeah. um yeah, that that's what I've heard, and I I, I would love to hear that because especially at night when the wind's calm, but you hear that, yep. I can only imagine. Like, um, yeah, but one more thing before we before we check out here, uh, just a reminder that since we're talking about river ice, you know, I always like to, you know, I know there's lots of ice fishermen out there and, and whatnot, but you never there's no safe ice on river ice, you know, because it's you don't know how thick it is. You know, there are yep. some spots where it's ten inches thick. Um, right, which I believe is is enough ice to ice fish in certain places on a still body of water. Don't call on me a on still that. body. That's the key. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you know, but ten inches of ice with moving water below it can thin the ice out. You know, there are spots where the ice is thinner than, than other places. And remember, if you fall through, the current's going to take you downstream. So that's gonna you're gonna you're gonna be moved, pushed away from the hole in which you fell. So you're going to be trapped yep. under the ice. So you never want to walk on ice, especially if the water is moving below it, no matter how thick it is. So. Well, that is some good advice. But I tell you, it's one of the most beautiful sites. And lately, um, Harrisburg has these lights under the Market Street Bridge. So with the frozen uh, ice underneath and the lights on, they're like red, white, and blue. It just looks phenomenal. So it is tempting to be around it. Right. Yeah, no, it's it, it really is a sight. And just the way the, the, the ice, you know, kind of reflects the the lighting and all yeah it is it is a sight to see so well always great to catch up with you my young friend yeah you too tom and uh we'll be chatting again here shortly sounds good all right you're listening to it's raining mets